Welcome to In the Spotlight, a regular podcast from the Witham, Barnard Castle's Community Arts Centre. Oh, I never thought I'd get a bit of ACDC on the podcast. Welcome along, you're listening to In the Spotlight with me, Stuart Laundy. News of a cracking classic rock show we've got booked in for next year, plus the Turrets Youth Theatre, playwright Christina Castling, and much more besides.
life's always better for a little bit of ACDC in it, I find. And full details of the History of Rock show that's booked in for May next year coming up, which sure to be a popular one, and tickets are on sale now. But first, and continuing the theme of what makes the Witham a community arts centre and not simply a venue, I caught up with Christina Castling a couple of days ago. Now, Christina is the leader of the Turrets Youth Theatre Group, which is based at the Witham, and she's also a playwright, and she's bringing her new play to the Witham in October. So joining me this week uh, for a two-parter um, on the podcast is Christina Castling. And first of all, we're going to talk about her role at the Witham. I say her role, Christina sat across the table from me here. Christina, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. And Christina is the leader, director. What's your title? Oh, goodness. I think the title is Lead Drama Worker. Excellent. Lead Drama Worker with the Turrets Youth Theatre, which, of course, is based at the Witham. And the reason we're going to talk about the Turrets is that they have got a production coming up on Thursday, July the 20th, called Dexter and Winter's Detective Agency. And we'll come to that in just a minute. But first of all, Christina, perhaps you could um, tell us, you've been with the Witham since, or with the Turrets since uh, around about Christmas time. Uh, last year. So um, how did you get involved? What attracted you to the Witham and how's it been going? Oh, it's been going brilliantly. I'm having a lovely time. Um, so yes, started working with Turrets Youth Theatre in January. January. Um, so goodness, yeah, four or five months in already, it's flown over. Um, and I've been working in youth theatre for years and years, probably about 15 years now. Um, as a freelancer, I've worked all over the region um, and saw the opportunity come up with turrets and thought, oh, that's too good to miss. Um, love youth theatre, love the um, transformative power of theatre with children and young people. Um, came along to see some of their work, sat in a couple of the rehearsals and was just struck by what a lovely bunch of young people they are um, what a wonderful family atmosphere. Um, has been nurtured over years and years um, and just felt like it would be a real treat to get involved. So applied and um, they said they'd have me um, and here we are. Here we are now. Yeah. And uh, the turrets, for those who don't know, is, is it, there's juniors and seniors, isn't there, with the turrets? Yes. And, and for this production, uh, Dexter and Winter's Detective Agency, is, that, is it just one lot or are they all involved? Yeah, so it's just our juniors who are working right. on this. So last term we had um, a bit of a skills development term, I suppose. So both the seniors and the juniors worked on a devised piece. So that basically means that they worked from scratch, generated their own ideas. The juniors did a lovely little piece that was all about fairy tales. And um, the seniors worked on something um, that was that was really, really different, actually quite dark in some yeah, ways. some of it was very dark. And <laughs> that um, was about a character who'd gone missing that we never met and we didn't really find out what happened to them. Um, and we did a very informal show back of that in March. And then we were aware that the seniors were heading into exam season with all yeah. of the joy and stress that that brings. So we've given them a bit of a break. And this term we're working on some skills with them. So lots of different things to do with improvisation and script work. But with the juniors, we've given them a chance to get into a script and to work towards a performance that's going to be staged in January. Um, in July, sorry. So this is something, this is a scripted performance, it's not something that they've come up with themselves? No, no, it's a new play. It was um, first performed in 2019. It's a co-production with Payne's Plough and Theatre Cluid, um, written by Nathan Bryan, and it's just a fantastic play for um, children and young people to perform. Is it comedy? Is it drama? Is it, uh, what is it? Oh, all of the above, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is, um, it's a madcap adventure, and um, basically what happens is we've got these two friends, Dexter and Winter, um, 
uh, who are best pals and love kind of knocking about and causing all sorts of trouble with each other. Um, and Dexter's mum gets arrested for an involvement in a jewellery robbery. And the play follows their attempt to try and clear her name and, and kind of what happens along the way. So it's rammed full of weird and wonderful characters. We've got um, people in zebra onesies bombing around. We've got um, people who are bar ladies and ticket inspectors who are trying to grab people out of toilets who are causing all sorts of trouble. Um, there's just a whole host of wonderful characters for them to get their teeth into. And we're having a blast with it. So for those of perhaps my generation, are we talking a bit of farce here? Um, verging on. Verging on. <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> There's not people hiding in wardrobes and things. Not quite. <laughs> I'd love that. Maybe we should do that. We'll work on that tomorrow. Um, it's, it's really fast paced. Um, it's giving them lots of opportunities to develop lots of skills in ensemble work. So the whole cast working together. Um, today we've, we're, we're rehearsing during half term. So we've had a whole day with, um, with the cast. And we've been looking at a scene in a train station, which is just lovely to see them develop skills of and kind of th- physical theatre where they're having to convince us that they're on a train without an actual train on stage. We just don't have the budget for such things, alas. <laughs> um, so so it's, a, it's a brilliant piece, actually, that is giving yeah. chance to develop skills and just have a real laugh at the same time. And is it, is it a piece that's been deliberately sort of written for youth theatre or is it something that can be performed by any kind of society? Um, yeah, it was originally performed by a cast of three profes- professional actors, um, which considering that there is... Um, as a character list of about 20 is quite something. Um, but it really lends itself to being performed by young performers just because it's so much fun and because there are loads of different parts in it. Sometimes when there are plays for, for young performers, you get a couple of really meaty, brilliant roles, um, some that are a bit smaller and are okay, and then a whole heap of really quite boring background characters. This play is really special in that it has got every character earns its worth in the play and whether it's got whether the character has two lines or 50 lines they've all got something really fun to get their teeth into so that's just a joy to see to see the children and the young people in the group just kind of spreading their wings as young performers so yeah they're doing brilliantly with it so they've really really got into this have they yeah massively (laughs) massively oh looking forward to that so as I mentioned that's Dexter and Winter's Detective Agency which you can see on Thursday July the 20th so it's, a, it's an unusual show in as much as there isn't a ticket price, it's a pay what you can, so come along, book your tickets, come and see what the, uh, the young people of the junior section of the turrets have been up to, and if you've enjoyed it, you can put something in the bucket. Yeah, absolutely. We're really keen that, um, that money isn't a barrier for anyone coming, to, coming along to see it. Um, so if people think, actually, I can't afford very much for a ticket, then they can log onto the website and on the donation section put a small amount if they think actually no I have got a little bit more that I can contribute that would be wonderful that will go towards supporting the work that we do week in week out with turrets and so usually a standard ticket for one of our plays would be about five pounds less than that is fine but if people would like to play more than that oh my goodness we would love that that would be marvelous (laughs) well the the turrets traditionally have always attracted a good audience so um, fingers crossed that this one's just as successful yeah that would be great yes it'd be lovely to have a great audience to support the the junior group would be fab hi this is stacy from the calf and you're listening to in the spotlight the withams podcast now then christina while we've got you here um we'll move on to something completely different because another part of the work that you do is as a playwright yes and we have uh, got your, your latest one which is called beyond caring is going to be performed on friday october the 30th at 7 30 p.m so i thought we could have a little chat about um about your work as a playwright, which um, interest, interests me because um, if you're looking for a, a career uh, in, in the theatre, I guess, um, most people would think of acting or mm. back, backstage, uh, stage 
making the stage, helping direct plays. But, um, but what attracted you to um, writing? Oh, good question. Um, I think I've, I've always loved theatre. Even as, as a young'un, I was part of my local youth theatre back in Manchester. Um, and I've always been captivated by story. And just think that the way that we tell stories is, is fascinating. Um, even now, whenever I'm reading a novel, I notice that I jump to the dialogue. I almost kind of skim read the descriptive bits, then go, what are they saying to each other? So I think the way that we communicate and how we communicate with, um, with the words that we say to one another is just endlessly fascinating. So I guess that is, is the kind of the nugget that makes me want to write plays. Um, and I'm really interested by stories that are real, that feel authentic, and that, and that kind of give us a bit of an insight into how people tick and, and how they relate to each other, really. So can you learn script writing? Is it, something, is it something you can go to college and be taught or is it something that you've just sort of had a go at and developed over the years? Um, yeah, well, both really. So, so you can absolutely go and study it. You can do degrees in it and um, MA, MAs in it. I've taken a really different route. I, um, I've, I've basically done, done it from being tiny. <laughs> I think I wrote my first play when I was six or seven, which is bonkers to kind of look back and see this scrawl of um, a six-year-old um, plagiarising of Annie, I think, at the time. Um, but, but I have spent a lot of time learning on the job. Yeah. So lots of writing and then redrafting and working with people who, who know their stuff with how plays work and have done courses here and there. And then a lot of time in the rehearsal room with actors and directors, um, figuring out how plays work. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you take a script to a theatre group or to a group of actors, is there a lot of rewriting that goes on once, once, they've, got their, once they've got the teeth into it? Um, I think it varies on the script. Um, so sometimes... If a script has more time in development, then when, you, when actors get their hands on it, then it can feel like we're nearly there. There's just a few tweaks around the edges. But invariably, actors ask the really difficult questions, which are just so helpful as a writer. You know, they kind of have certainly had the experience of, of handing out a script and thinking, oh, I think it's nearly there. And then an actor will say, why does my character say this? And you think, oh, goodness, I have no idea. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, and, and it's when actors and directors and designers get their hands on a script that um that it starts to really breathe i guess theater is such a such a collaborative act that is so different from a novel you know where a writer can sit on their own write it, it gets published and it's read that that a script isn't a play until it's put in the hands of a creative team yeah. you know it's a blueprint for production really so um so yes i'm in the process of we're just auditioning now for Beyond Caring, actually. And yeah. that's just thrilling to be meeting actors and go, oh, goodness, it could be you who is going to be bringing these characters to life. Oh, um, because, yeah, they make the magic happen, really. Um, you said you were inspired by sort of real situations and, and Beyond Caring is, is certainly following in that, uh, in that theme, isn't it? Uh, tell us a little bit about the, uh, the, the play that you, you bring into us later on this year. Great. So, yeah, Beyond Caring is, is looking at ageing and identity and basically how do we... How do we care for people as they get older and how do we care for each other as we look after one another? Um, so I worked in a care home kind of 10, 15 years ago and just found it a fascinating place. It, it is such a unique environment where comedy and tragedy rub up against each other every single day. Um, and when I worked there, I kept thinking, goodness, I need to write a play in here. It's just fascinating. Um, fast forward kind of 10, 15 years, COVID happened and suddenly care homes yeah. were just thrust tragically into the spotlight. And it was during COVID that I thought, OK, now is the time to write that play. So Beyond, Beyond Caring is set in a care home. It's not about COVID by any stretch. It's set before then. Um, but it is looking at how we care for people, really. It follows three characters. It follows Queenie, who lives in a care home, um, who is 
staging a protest because she wants to have a tab and isn't allowed to have one <laughs> without being supervised. Um, it follows Elaine, whose um, mum is negotiating whether she's going to go into a care home or not, and Alex, who is a carer who works in a home. So we've got those three central characters um, played by three actors, and then there's a cast of um, there are, there's characters, uh, a total of about 25 characters. So right. there's a huge amount of multi-rolling, and it's yeah. really, really fast-paced. Oh, very good. Sounds very, very fascinating. We'll look forward to that when it comes in October. Uh, just a quick mention that tickets for Beyond Caring are on sale now. There is a little age um, warning. I don't know you say warning. There is an age restriction on this one. It's 12 plus. Uh, but get yourself onto the Witham website, www.thewitham.org.uk. You'll find all the details about Beyond Caring. And we hope to see you on Friday, October the 30th for the performance. Christina, thanks ever so much for popping by. Oh, thank you so much for having me. What and, a joy. And we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Bye. Hi, this is Sheila. Hi, this is Jim. And we're volunteers and you're, you're listening, listening to In the Spotlight, the Withams podcast. So it's time once again to look forward to what's coming up at the Witham. And I'm joined by Marketing Officer Jane Woodward once again. Jane, how are you doing? I'm all right, Stuart. How about you? Yeah, I'm very good. I'm even better because we've got news of some classic rock, haven't we? Before we get into what's on in the next week, we've been busy booking acts for next year again. So the history of rock are coming. Hurrah! Tell me more about that. Yeah, the history of rock. So this is a celebration of rock music through the decades, not just classic rock. So it's 1950s rock and roll, 1960s rock, birth of rock, and then 1970s, 80s classic rock, which obviously is right up your street, Stuart. Absolutely. When's it coming? When's it coming? It's coming next year, Thursday the 30th of May, and it'll be a live band on stage. And the reason we're mentioning it now, I think we expect it to be quite a popular show and tickets are on sale, aren't they? They are on sale now, yes. So get your tickets early. Can't wait for that one. Now, I reckon, I mean, everybody that knows you, Jane, knows that you are something of a classical music buff. You like your swing and your jazz and that sort of thing. But I reckon lurking beneath the service is a classic rock fan. What do we think? <laughs> I don't know about that, Stuart. <laughs> well, let's put it to the test, shall we? It's a bit like the Beatles. Nobody thinks they're real experts on the Beatles, but everybody knows their song and everybody knows a bit of classic rock. So let's have a little quiz. We'll give it a go. Right. So let's play a little game of Guess the Intro. How do you fancy that? <laughs> well, I'll give it a try, Stuart. So here we go with number one. So that's Foghat and their song Slow Ride from 1975, which also featured in the soundtrack to the film classic Dazed and Confused. Oh, who's a clever little thing then? How about a go at this one? Everybody knows that one, Stuart. That's an easy one. That's Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses from their album Appetite for Destruction. Oh, nobody likes a show-off. Let's see if we can catch you out with this one. <laughs> Status quo, of course. And that's What You're Proposing from 1980. And the album, I think, was just supposing. Yeah, everybody loves a bit of quote. Correct, that's four out of uh, three out of three, isn't it? Yeah, not four out of four. Um, so try this one for size. Born to be wild, Stuart. That's by Steppenwolf. 
1969, and also featured in the film Easy Rider. Yeah, that was a bit of an easy one. I think everybody knows that one, even if they're not sure of the name of the band. Right, let's see if we can make it five out of five with this one. So I think that's Tom Petty running down a dream from the album Full Moon Fever, 1989. Oh, absolutely. Give yourself a point because it was one of the few albums that Tom Petty recorded without the Heartbreakers uh, on the title as well. Five out of five. Excellent stuff. Get your tickets. We'll see you there. (laughs) The History of Rock next year, Thursday, May the 30th. Hi, this is Tabby from The Cafe and you're listening to In The Spotlight, The Withams Podcast. Well, that was great fun, wasn't it? We should do another quiz another time. What do you think? We should do. I think a jazz swing one, Stuart, and then, you know, get some really hard, hard questions. As long as you're the one that's answering, because I wouldn't know where to start with it all. I don't know. Right. uh, Let's have a quick chat about what's coming up in the next seven days at the Witham. And I believe we're starting with a new art class. Well, we are, yes. Anne Lee, who is also a volunteer at the Witham, she does watercolour and drawing classes and she's starting a new six-week course on Tuesdays, so starting the 13th of June, 10 till 12, for six consecutive weeks. Um, And this is watercolour and drawing, landscape, still life, flowers, very relaxed and very enjoyable. So you can book yourself on that if you fancy a bit of painting. Absolutely. Anne's classes are always very popular, so it's well worth getting yourself, getting your name down now, getting booked onto that one. And uh, we look forward to seeing what comes, uh, the, the results of all the painting after that one. That's excellent. What else have we got? So on Thursday, 15th of June at seven o'clock, we have National Theatre Live screening of Fleabag. Now, this was originally shown in cinemas back in 2019 and it broke box office records and it was actually sold out at the Witham. So it's coming back again. It's written and performed by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And um, this play actually inspired the BBC's hit TV series Fleabag. Ah, I see. Ah, I'm glad you said Phoebe Waller, what's her name? Because I couldn't remember her name there. But I know she's in the new Indiana Jones film, which will be quite interesting. I think she was brought into jazz, kind of, kind of, zazzed up a bit, as far as I know, from what I've read anyway. Oh. Um, so, uh, so that's Fleabag. Get your tickets for that one. And finally, Saturday, 17th of June, 7:30, we have the Jerseys live. They're returning, I think, for the third time to the Witham. They're always a sellout. This is a tribute to Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons and last minute tickets are available. We haven't got many left, but there will be some returns coming in. So get your tickets. Excellent stuff. You're right. It's the third year in a row. They've all been sellouts, hugely popular. Um, so, yeah, you might be able to bag a ticket or two if you still want to go to that one. And where can people find tickets? You can call the box office on 018336311107. You nearly forgot then. Uh, I did. <laughs> and if people are computer savvy, where can they where can they go online? At www.thewitham.org.uk. Brilliant stuff. Jane, thanks for playing along this week. It's been great. We'll see you again soon. Thanks, Stuart. Bye. Oh, Jane's starting to get a little bit nervous now when she comes along to record the What's On. She thinks she's just coming in for to tell me what's on for the next seven days. In the last couple of weeks, I've sprung a surprise or two on her. Anyway, thanks very much for that, Jane. Well, that's it for this week. I do hope you've enjoyed the podcast once again. If you have, do give us a follow. We'd be delighted if you could join us each week. We come out on a Friday. We'll finish with more classic rock, and I'm going back to 1979 and this one from The Knack. It's my Sharona, and I'll say cheerio until next time.
Thanks for listening to In the Spotlight from The Witham, Barnard Castle's Community Arts Centre. Available on all major podcast platforms. So please give us a follow and leave a comment or listen online at www.thewitham.org.uk. We'll be back soon with another episode.